0: Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today we are talking about a group called Brothers Keepers, recommended by friend of the show Lori Henson with Cuisine for Healing. I've got three members of this organization in the studio today. I'll be speaking with Jack and Tammy, but we start off with John Laudenslager. He is the board president and co-founder of this organization. How are you doing today?
1: I'm Great. Thanks, Nick. How are you?
0: I'm Doing great, man. So, uh, really glad that you came in. This is a really fascinating organization. I was checking out the website, which is brothers-keepers.org. You do a lot for a lot of people, and you're growing, which is the thing that I probably noticed the most. It seemed like this organization is getting bigger and bigger, so I do want to talk about that among other things. But we're just going to start off with the basics. What is this organization? What do you guys do?
1: Well, we do once-in-a-lifetime experiential retreats for injured veterans, uh, first responders with their families. So we get them out doing crazy stuff that maybe they never thought they'd be able to do again, uh, people that are double amputees, triple amputees, quadriplegics, uh, jumping out of airplanes, skiing with their kids, uh, gold star families who, who've lost somebody uh, through action in the military, uh, we, we bring them all together and uh, do these crazy experiential retreats where they learn that they're not the only ones going through some of the challenges that they're experiencing and help them understand that you know there's plenty of life left to live
0: I when I heard about this organization I heard Mm -hmm. get-togethers and retreats and then I it's an understatement in the craziest fashion I looked on the website and jumping out of airplanes white rotter rafting hunting trips scuba diving not the things that you would think about when you hear a retreat I think going to play bocce ball at the park or going to the movies, this is way, I mean, this is overboard.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, most of the people that we've worked with, you know, they've many of them done multiple tours through Afghanistan. Uh, They've seen some pretty hairy combat. So, you know, uh, bocce ball is probably not going (laughs) to be super stimulating when you're used to (laughs) jumping out of airplanes and helicopters and getting shot at and shooting bad guys. Um, so, you know, it's, it's gotta be a little bit, you know, pushing the envelope, but for psychologically, it helps them understand that they can still do some of the things they used to do, even though they may not be full bodied. Um, they can still experience life in, in a way that they used to differently, but it can still happen. And that's, that's a big deal psychologically when you go from being, a full bodied you know kind of an incredible little superhero out there in the combat yeah. zone and then in Jack's case go from uh, that to being quadriplegic paralyzed from the from the neck chest down um, and so it's it, psychologically it's an, an incredible challenge to overcome so we just try to do our part to number one help them understand that they're not in it alone and then number two help them experience some physical experiences, uh, some lifetime experiences to help them understand that that there's still plenty of life to live and they can still do a lot of the same things. It'll be differently, but they can still do it.
0: All right, so I want to talk more about how the organization works and how you specifically got involved with it. But you mentioned veterans and their families. This is a family organization, but the people that that show up, they bring their families along with them. Now, they're not going to be as in intense. So the veterans are used to jumping out of airplanes. Now, the family members are not. So how do we bridge that gap? Do you just drag them along? Is it like, all right, you're going to do this. Trust me, you'll love it. Let's go.
1: Every activity is optional. So (laughs) nobody's going to have to walk the plank or anything like that. Okay. Um, But uh, a lot of, especially the gold star families who've typically they've lost either a spouse or a child. Um, so a lot of times, one of our uh, regular ones, the Bozos, uh, they, they lost their son. Um, and uh, so when, when they came, they both skydived. And awesome. it was a very cool experience for both of them. And it, for them, it was more about the camaraderie and the family experience rather than the physical experience. Because their, their trauma is emotional, not physical. Um, it's, it's the veterans that have, that are living w- with a new physical situation that have lost a limb, that have lost the ability to move limbs. Uh, those are the ones where the physical experiences themselves really have such a massive impact. Uh, but for, for everybody else, you know, just the experience of being around a family of knowing you're in a safe zone, knowing that you're with people who are not only empathetic, sympathetic they're empathetic and and they're going through a lot of the same things you are and that you know we're all in it together and and I think that's one of the things that really sets us apart from a lot of the groups out there that do hunts and different things for the veterans but may not include the families and we're pretty serious you know if you're gonna do one of our retreats we want your whole family the entire family unit has suffered this injury Mm. um, whether it's physical whether it's psychological or both And in many cases, it's both. Um, But the family unit has to go through things together to heal together as opposed to just doing a one-off for any individual family member. it's, It's the togetherness that really seems to have a major impact.
0: When veterans and their families come to one of your events for the first time, does it take them a while to kind of get that guard down? And to to understand that they're in a safe place and they're finally around other people that understand exactly what they're going
1: through. That's probably one of the coolest things from our perspective to experience is, you know, the first day when people are coming in, they're coming in from from all over Texas, mostly North Texas. But we have some that come in from the different bases all over Texas. And uh, most people do not know each other. And they're coming in with their families and they don't know what to expect. You know, usually they've gotten a call from Jack or a referral and they don't even know who the heck we are. And Jack's like, no, you need to do this. Trust me. You know, I'm one of you. I know what you're going through. You need to do this. And Jack's literally having to coach them into, hey, you know, just commit to doing this one thing. Yeah. Um, and so they're showing up. And, yeah, everybody's very tentative. Uh, We do our best to make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they know they're among family. Um, You know, everybody there, they, I'll put it this way. That first day, everybody's got that on guard kind of apprehension. Uh, By the middle of the second day, people are crying and hugging and loving on one another. Like, wow, you know, so awesome. So cool to hear your story. Thanks for hearing my story. You know, let's have a drink. You know, it's just it, it, you really you, you start doing things together, and so much of it is very organic. You know, we we have uh, this past year brought in licensed counselors to be available, but when we started the retreats, it, it was purely organic, and we didn't even know to expect what happened. Um, we just wanted to do a cool retreat, and. You know, we start off our first one with, I think, 80, 90 uh, veterans with their family members and probably about 20 support people, um, not about 90 altogether, and, you know, it was just a little magical thing happened when you got everyone around one another, and, you know, Jack personally is very inspiring to people. He's uh, did six tours between Iraq and Afghanistan, living now as a quadriplegic, um, but living a very full life, uh, not without challenges by any stretch. And so he's a personal inspiration to a lot of people that um, need just a little bit of lift. And then once they get a chance to, to meet the other people uh, in a similar boat and start sharing experiences, uh, you start to see a little bit of that magic happen. And, and people start to feel comfortable and people start to trust one another and understand, all right, so maybe I'm not in this alone.
0: John Lodenslager is the board president and co-founder of Brothers Keepers, their website, brothers-keepers.org. Talk to me about how you founded this group. How did you get involved with Brothers Keepers?
1: Well, it, it goes back a long way, and it's I, I think it's one of the neatest things about our organization, aside from the impact we have. Um, <clears throat> the The genesis of Brothers Keepers, what has become Brothers Keepers, actually started back in the mid-90s, and they just had a pretty good-sized group of friends. It was a relatively loose group. I'd say there's probably about seven or eight core friends and uh, some tangential people that came in and out of our group. And then every, uh, we started a tradition where every few months or every couple of months, we'd get together for a guy's night out. And really, it was an excuse to go to a restaurant we probably couldn't afford, put on a jacket and look a little more respectable than we probably were. Um, But just get all the guys together, go out, have a good time. You know, of course, we always wanted the girls around, but... Uh, it was really the, the core of it was getting the guys together because everybody had started going their different ways, some in college, some had gotten married, some had kids. And so it was an excuse to get everybody together and we had started a tradition where we would chip into a pot. And uh, so we'd collect this money throughout the year and then during the holidays we'd do something charitable with it. So the first year we did that, we bought a lady a wheelchair and everybody's like, man, that's that's really cool, you know. We're just guys going out and having fun and drinking you, throwing a few bucks. And every time, you know, it all adds up. And then we get to do something that has a, a real impact. And so that was, that was the genesis. And then fast forward, whatever, 15, 20 years to uh, 2010 when, when Jack suffered his injury. Um, you know, when you go from uh, being very active in the special operations to being a, a quadriplegic, Jack had to, to leave his old life completely. He needed to move home back to Fort Worth. He was living in North Carolina. Um, had to move home to be around his family and a support network because you have to depend on that. And so when he came back, uh, all of his friends from Fort Worth that were still around were like, man, you know what do we do? You know, We, we love our brother Jack. Uh, we want to be there for him. None of us are trained in medicine. We're not physical therapists. We all have day jobs. But you know what? Hey. We always knew how to go out and have a good time, so so let's start our, our old dinner club back again, and get Jack out of the house, and we all just hang out and have a good time, and so we started doing that. Instead of chipping in for a random charity, we were chipping in for some of the smaller veterans organizations uh, that helped Jack out. I'll call out Task Force Dagger. Uh, they took Jack scuba diving within his first year, within the first year of his injury, and. That was a real turning point for Jack psychologically. Where, wow, I can still do really awesome, radical stuff.
0: Was that the uh, the reason behind going very extreme with the events? Was I mean, because that scuba diving experience it was crazy. I got to hear about it off mic. It was insane. So was that kind of the idea? That was the light bulb that you guys were like, look, we gotta go, we gotta go full beans, and we gotta do something great every time, something a little crazy.
1: I, I think that's part of it. I, so much of it j- has just evolved over the last few years organically. You can't point to one specific thing. Okay. Uh, I mean, that was definitely a, a major turning point for Jack uh, to help him understand and be there with his family, uh, Brock and Malin, and still experience some really cool life stuff that was stuff that he thought he'd never be able to do again. And are like, yeah, you can. It's different. Mm-hmm. But you can still do some really cool stuff. And so I think that's a big part of it. And then so much of the rest of it has been very opportunistic. Um, Jack became good friends with one of our major benefactors who has a ranch in West Texas. And, and that's where we do uh, – It's where we did our first retreat, and we do one every year there. Um, and that's where we do the helicopter jumps, and we do kayaking and, uh, you know, some, a lot of really good family stuff. We do a, a concert concert. Uh, private concert with uh, somebody from the Hill Country coming in and cookouts. Um, very, very family-oriented. Um, and then it was only last year that we got plugged in, again, just opportunistically through, through Chance or God or whatever you want to call it, um, with the National Ability Center in uh, Utah, in Park City, Utah. And they're an outfit that's established for being able to do adaptive sports so that you can get amputees or quadriplegics doing winter sports or summer sports, sports, kayaking, water skiing, snow skiing, uh, snowboarding, all these different crazy things that again, most of these folks, at least you know, the ones that have suffered physical injuries, never thought they'd be able to do again. Um, so they had severed their relationship with another major, Uh, veterans organization, a national one that you guys have all heard of. Um, But because of some concerns about how they spent their money, uh, they wanted to sever that relationship, and they were looking for someone, and uh, we just threw uh, two degrees of separation, got connected with them, and all of a sudden now we're one of their major veterans organizations, and we're aiming to do two retreats there this year and uh, hope at some point we can get up to three retreats a year.
0: So this organization was supposed to be very simple, very easy, and it's snowballing. And this always happens, I've noticed, with organizations that do really good work. You start out small, and then all of a sudden, it's nearly out of control. Have you been surprised at how large this organization has gotten?
1: Well, um, the organization itself is still very small. We we have eight uh, all-volunteer, hardworking board members that Right now, that's pretty much who makes everything happen. Um, we all have full-time jobs, uh, so it, it's a it's a massive, massive challenge. Uh, there are a lot of growing pains that come with that. Um, the The size of our reach and impact has yeah blown us all away. It's been incredibly special, uh, very humbling. Um, met so many incredible, big-hearted people that are are working with us hand in hand and our missions are uh, all of our missions uh to to do what's right for our injured heroes
0: you said the first event that you guys did there was 90 people how many are you getting now when you guys do stuff
1: well it depends on which retreat down in the hill country we can have i mean the last one we had close to 150 it was a little bit over indexed and really stretched our resources (laughs) Um, You know, probably 100 to 120 okay. would be common there. Now, not 100% of them are veterans with their families. You'll have probably 20 people that are there uh, in a service role that are volunteering, helping to cook, just helping to do everything. Um, but then uh, when we do the Utah retreat, it's a little more limited capacity um, because it's dependent on the availability of the lodge that we stay at in Park City. Um, so we we're, we're shooting right around 30 uh, veterans with their family members, give or take um, and then plus uh, volunteers with brothers keepers and, and our group we'll get up to about 40, 45.
0: So you're always wanting to expand, but sometimes you gotta you gotta kind of know the, you gotta know the limit.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> limit is uh, a funny word because a, a lot of the folks on our board, um, they don't see limits. They see opportunities. And, and it takes some conversations back and forth to kind of find the happy middle ground sometimes. Uh, the way I see it, there's a place for everything. Yeah. Um, but, but at the end of the day, we're getting a lot of really cool stuff done. And, yeah, there, there are limits on what we can do, but not really. Uh, in the long run, we really don't have any limits. It's just how well can we get organized, how well can we uh, do smart growth right now and make sure we're laying the right the right foundation uh, for future growth, which is you know, what I'm hoping to do in the next year is, is really leave this role. Uh, I, I will have been president. I'm on my third year in this role, um, and I want to leave this role at the end of the year saying, you know, now we've got some things in place that weren't there when I – started this role and i think you know whoever wants to come in and do the next charge is is well prepared uh for for future and working with a solid foundation
0: unfortunately we're uh running out of time with this segment we could talk a lot longer but we got to keep it tight because we got a bunch of people from the organization in the studio today how do people become a part of brothers keepers whether they want to actually participate uh as a veteran uh or family member or if they just want to volunteer
1: Well, the easiest way to do is go to brothers-keepers.org. You head there, brothers-keepers.org, and we have opportunities to sign up as uh, an ongoing member where you're making a regular monthly or annual donation uh, to support our retreats. Um, Or you can just make a flat-out donation if you don't want to become a member. There are some perks that come with membership, and we have a grid that outlines them on the website uh one of the things is at the higher levels you have an opportunity to join us on one of our retreats, which uh for the right people, that's a pretty cool experience. Um so we we have that. And then if you're a small business owner, we always have sponsorships available for our events. Uh Tammy's gonna tell you a little bit about our upcoming event, Music Fest 3, uh featuring Berlin. Uh yep, the hit 80s band Berlin. Uh, In Fort Worth and that'll be cool. We're looking for sponsors for that. Tammy will tell you more about that later and then we have sponsorships available for our retreats, uh, which at the high level is a pretty good opportunity because uh, we're pretty committed to doing some cool video stuff. What we do is very conducive to video. Uh, We had one of our videos last year won the Deep in the Heart Film Festival People's Choice Award. Uh, So we'll we'll continue to do some video shoots. And all of our major sponsors for the retreats will get featured in, in the videos. So when that stuff gets viral, they'll get some pretty good impressions off of it.
0: Well, it's a fantastic organization doing a lot of good for a lot of people. John Laudenslager is the board president and co-founder of Brothers Keepers, their website, brothers-keepers.org. More to come. I'm going to be speaking next with Jack Fanning, the co-founder of this organization. John, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having us out, Nick.